It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Just uh, here to give you guys an update that we're entering into a phase where we're going to be bringing Patrick Marlowe back to the Sharks, um, subject to uh, getting a contract resolved and uh, some roster situations the next day or so. We look forward to Patrick joining us. Meyer heads up ice, under half a minute in the period. Timo Meyer dangling to Dylan Gambrell. He'll work it back high, and they score! Deflected in front, I believe, by Timo Meyer, and it's 2-2. But Carlson doesn't dust the puck off. He gets it to the net where there's traffic. And I'm not sure, I couldn't tell. I think it I think goes it's off. Marlo's. Yeah. Now Marlowe, he'll work it up top. Burns, shot, trickles through, they score! Patrick Marlowe scores again, and it's tied again. Here's Kane again, Dell with another save, and the San Jose Sharks win their first of the season, and they do it on a night when Patrick Marlowe scored twice. They take down the Blackhawks 5-4. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Morning Tide. Ted Ramey with you. What a difference one week can make. And I know that I alluded to that a week ago when I said, let's see where we are in a week's time, because I am not one to panic. I'm not one to overreact, at least not publicly. Um, But you have to admit, you were feeling a little nervous after that start to the year. You're 0-3, and then you're dropping to 0-4. But, of course, Before that fourth loss to the year, you had the announcement that the team was bringing back Patrick Marlowe. And those highlights were from his first game back. And at the time of this recording, I just watched the Sharks win their second consecutive game, getting a convincing win over Calgary. And you're starting to see things settle down and you're starting just to feel so much better. I mean, can we all just just take a breath? Just take a breath because there was so much collective clenching going on within the Sharks fan base. And there was so much just overall, just consternation and people overreacting. Listen, I talked about it last week. I get it. I understand. There's still some things out there with the Sharks that I am not entirely happy with. The power play being one of them. You want that to perform at a higher level. But let's just talk about the fact that right now the Sharks have brought back Mr. Shark and Patrick Marlowe. The team is feeling better when you watch them. They're looking better. They're playing better. They're performing at a much higher level. They've won two straight games and suddenly things are trending in the right direction. And this is always something that I get with certain teams in sports. And, you know, just because you have a certain collection of talent, it doesn't mean that it's going to gel automatically. We look at the Sharks last year. That's a prime example. Last year, that Sharks team took a while to get rolling. And I know we all go to the whole idea of Logan Couture making comments and him being the leader and going out there and saying things that got his teammates to react. Yeah, it's part of it for sure. But another big part of it is the fact that Pete DeBoer was figuring it out 
and he and his staff were trying to figure out how to get it all gelled. Guys were learning each other. It takes a while, and I think that the Sharks, yes, they don't have Joe Pavelski this year. That's always going to take some time to get used to because he was such a central part of their offense. I will not deny that for a second, but now these other guys on the team who have more of an onus on their shoulder, who have more weight than they did before, more responsibility, they're starting to pick it up. And the younger guys, whether it's a Ferraro, whether it's you know whoever you want to put it on, a Gambrell, these guys are starting to look more and more comfortable out there on the ice. They are starting to get up to speed. And that's one of the things we heard about from Pete DeBoer. He said, it's going to take these guys some time to get up to speed. Those are some of the factors at play. And it's easy to be impatient. It's easy to not want to wait for those things to happen. But listen, the Sharks have been trying to work in these new players. They had to deal with some injuries. They had to deal with some absences for whatever reason it may be. And so they said to themselves, you know what? We need something that's going to calm the waters right now. We need something that's going to have an immediate impact on this team. And that something was number 12. It was Patrick Marlowe coming back to Team Teal and being a part of this team. And I love it. I mean, I again, I, I tweeted this out the minute the announcement was made. Um, before training camp got going, I was down at Sharks Ice. And I walked into the rink. And I looked down on at the end of the ice because he was on the far side. And I said, God, who's wearing a Toronto Maple Leaf sweater? And I didn't really think anything of it. And then I was walking up a little bit closer and I said, oh God, it's Patrick Marlowe. And it just hit me. It was like, it was, it was borderline upsetting because it's one thing when you watch him come in, in the vantage of, of a game, you're watching him play for a team. That's what his job. He wasn't going to stop playing hockey because he was no longer a member of the Sharks. That was one thing that was, you know, that's part of being a professional athlete. But when you just walk in, uh, you know, and this was before the start of the regular season, and there had already been an announcement that the Sharks weren't planning on bringing him on board. And I get it. You've got a 40-year-old already, and I understand why the team was not in a hurry to add more. But it struck me as just downright, like, genuinely upsetting because you walk in and you see this guy who's meant so much to the franchise, and he wasn't even wearing a Shark sweater. He was wearing a Toronto sweater while he's out there. It just it messed with my head. I'll be honest, it genuinely messed with my head for the bit that I was there and I was watching him skate and he still looks fast. It's freaky how he's still such a good skater and still so fast, even though he's not a young man. But, you know, I watched him get ready and I, you know, saw him kind of scrimmaging with the guys and I thought to myself, okay, so, you know, he's going to get a job and, you know, you kind of put it in the back of your head for a little bit and you'd heard that Arizona was interested with him um, and you just wanted to see where the season went and gone. But obviously you've got such a level of concern about the Sharks after the first three games of the year um, to where I hadn't been thinking about Patty Marlowe because I've been wondering where's, where is he going to sign? Who's going to pick him up? And, you know, he had expressed the interest that he only wanted to play with the Sharks, and I understood that, but also, you know, it's a business. It's it's how it goes. Uh, you got to sign with somebody even if it's not your primary desire of where you want to play. And so I kind of wasn't thinking about Patty for a little bit, and, obviously focusing on the fact that the Sharks had not been playing well um, to start off the year for a variety of reasons. And then suddenly this um, starts coming out that he's going to sign with the Sharks. All of a sudden the rumor just pops out on social media and everybody's saying, okay, Patty's going to sign with the Sharks. And I just thought to myself, oh, whoa, 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 this, this is happening? This is actually happening? I remember I was texting some people immediately just saying, Okay, you know what? 
do we believe this? Is this is this a joke? Is this a bad rumor? And because you just it was counter to what we'd heard previously. But I from the vein of what we heard from uh, Doug when he gave his press conference, I understood it. I understood it immediately, and I was trying to you know kind of temper my expectations because I just didn't. I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea at first whether or not the rumors were true, and then again. The GM of the franchise, Doug Wilson, goes out there and tells everybody what's going on, and suddenly you realize this is for real. This is actually happening, and you wonder to yourself, how's it? How's it going to go? How's he going to look? You know, this is a guy last year that you know he didn't really fit in that well, and I kind of wondered to myself how much of that was a byproduct of the team, where he was playing, what he was going to fit into with the Sharks. Now, you know, my head was swimming. My head was going all over the place, and this is the emotional reaction you get into. When it comes to sports, and I talked to um, Doug about this when we interviewed him on the podcast here a couple weeks ago, I talked about the emotional tie to Joe Pavelski and how that's going to throw us all for a loop when he comes back into the building for a first time. And, you know, he compared it and he alluded to the situation with Patty when he left previously to go to Toronto and came back the first time and how we deal with these situations in a salary cap league. And we all can understand the reality of this in sports. We all can understand that it is a business, but there's always going to be these emotions tied to these players, Uh, you know, especially guys who are the quote unquote faces of the franchise. When we're talking about Marlowe and we're talking about Jumbo and we're talking about Logan Couture and we're talking about Owen Nolan and we're talking about, you know, Jamie Baker and Randy Hahn and what those guys mean to the franchise is, is broadcasters as much as Jamie, even the former player, it just it's a changing dynamic. But there are names and there are faces. And I, not that I mean to leave uh, Dan Ruzinowski out either. I'm just saying there's names and there are faces that we respond to. And Patty Marlowe is one that we immediately respond to. And so to have him come back to the Sharks, you just wondered what it was going to add. And you wondered if you were setting yourself up to have your expectations too high, if you were setting yourself up to be disappointed. Um, and then, of course, what does he do? He comes out and he has a brilliant night. He scores two goals in his first game back. He helps the Sharks get their first win of the year. He looks completely at ease with the guys out there on the ice. It's the true definition of a veteran. It's why you bring this guy back when you need that, like I said, idea of a guy that's going to calm things down, that's going to settle things, that's going to give you more strength and depth at the forward position. And that's immediately what he did. There are not many guys that you can just plug and play. And especially not for $700,000. I mean, I don't want to get into the you know financials of this overwhelmingly so, but this was plug, play, win. I repeat, plug, play, win. And that's been two games in a row now for the San Jose Sharks. And I'm not going to attribute that entirely to Marlowe, although he's, you know, racked up assist in the second game. So he's got two goals, you know, and some assists so far in his first two games. He's been a contributor I think things were bound to settle down and work out in the Sharks' favor eventually, but this was just an immediate addition that could make the team perform at a higher level. And they did have some success on that power play in the win against the Blackhawks, their first of the year. I thought overall their game against Calgary uh, on Sunday night, that was their best performance of the year, top to bottom. Their first period was by far the best period of hockey they've played this year. The second period, that was a situation where I looked at the Sharks, who had jumped out to that 2 nothing lead, were playing, you know, kind of a little bit unsteady in that second period, but it looked like they had settled down, and then suddenly Calgary pulls one back, and you're thinking to yourself, uh-oh, the way this year has gone this far, I can see Calgary scoring another goal, I can see them 
equalizing this game, and I can see them flipping things on its head. The Sharks are still a little uneven. You didn't know if it was going to happen, but it definitely seemed like a potential reality. But the Sharks responded. They get a shorty. They go up 3-1. Martin Jones keeps on making huge saves. You see the penalty kill playing very, very well. You see suddenly the unsteadiness that had existed earlier in the period really just turned on its head, and suddenly they were more of the aggressive team. They were outplaying Calgary. I mean, Calgary on the second night of a back-to-back. I understand that's a tough task for anyone, and they had had a tough challenge in their opponent the night before, obviously going up against Las Vegas. But the Sharks responded. The Sharks were able to handle the pressure. This is a good Calgary team. And listen, I'm not overreacting to their start of their season, even though they won the division last year and suddenly they're not playing out of their minds. Guys, this is why there are 82 games. You can't judge immediately. I, you know, I... I won't even get into some of the incredible claims I saw on social media after the first couple of games of the shark season and, uh, you know, the heads will roll mentality. And I was just shaking my head going, guys, come on. It's been a a smattering of games. You've got to calm yourself. You've got to look at this from some vein of reality and realize that Doug Wilson is not going to make uh, striking changes after, again, a smattering of games. But Doug Wilson did view the situation, and this wasn't some pride-swallowing moment. This was a a, a smart hockey mind who said, you know what, Patrick Marlowe's still out there. I can put him on our team. He wants to play for us. It's immediately going to make us better. And when you combine that with the fact that it does mean something to the franchise, that it does mean something to the dressing room, that it does mean something to the fan base, that it means something to hockey. This doesn't just mean something to San Jose. This means something to the NHL. It's not just those of us in the South Bay or those of us West Coast hockey that recognize what Patrick Marlowe means to the Sharks. Everybody in the NHL recognizes this, and the league has been celebratory with regard to the unbelievable, um, you know, debut that he's had back in a Shark sweater, A, and B, the fact that, it's led to the Sharks winning games again. So for the time being, this is a feel-good story for everybody involved, and I don't expect it to turn into a feel-bad story. Is that that even the right term? I I don't know. Uh, But right now, the Sharks have won two consecutive games. They're playing better in all aspects of the game. They're going to get Prout. They're going to get Shemek, and they're going to get Middleton back. So again, this was a team that got banged up, had suspensions, had births, had some stuff going on through the first three games as well as transitioning massively from what the centerpiece of their offense had been previously, turning into a new team, new leadership. There was a lot at play. There was a lot at play for these San Jose Sharks and all of us who have our expectations to the moon. We all freaked out after four losses and said to ourselves, oh my God, what's going on? How can this be? And then you plug a veteran like Patty Marlowe in and suddenly... Everything is calming down and everybody's exhaling and the clenching is loosening. And we're looking again at a Sharks team that is playing better hockey. And Martin Jones, he comes through with his biggest game of the year because I'm sure Jones had been looking at everything and saying to himself, okay, you know, it's all on me right now because the offense wasn't 100% clicking. I, you know, I, it's something I go to time and time again in sports. I don't think athletes are head cases. I don't think athletes get lost in the mental space. I think there's 
rare occasions in sports where guys get the yips. Um, but that's not what we were looking at here with Martin Jones. I just think this was a guy who felt a lot of pressure and had been kind of hung out to dry on a lot of the early goals in those first two games against Vegas. And it just wasn't a good start. And I'm sure, again, he felt a lot of that pressure. He was clenching. He was, you know, just doing too much. And we see this in all sports. Guys try to do too much, and they don't have their best performances. I thought that tonight we saw more of a Lucy Goosey, to quote uh, A-Rod, just more of a, of a genuinely a more aggressive Martin Jones, which I like to see when he comes out in the crease a little bit. He just looked more confident. He looked more at ease. He looked like he was seeing the puck better. And you get only one goal given up from him, and you get a nice performance. And, you know, across the board, you get Logan Couture making huge plays and setting up Timo and setting up Hurdle for big goals for them. And it's just, it's exactly what the Sharks needed. It's exactly in these last two games what they've needed to go out here and perform at the level that we know they're capable of. That's what we expect of the Sharks, and the Sharks are starting to meet our expectations. Because, again, the distance between expectation and reality is where disappointment makes its home. And because expectations were not being met and the reality of the situation was so far off from those expectations, that left a void for us to fill with our negative emotions and everything that we were responding to out of those first few games to start off the season. And of course, this is the San Jose Sharks. The the standard is set as high there or here, I should say, as it is anywhere in sports, you know, arguably outside of the New England Patriots, who at this point seem to win it every other year. But that's that's how it goes. I mean, this is a team that every year, no one needs to say it out loud, but we all know the mentality is one of cup or bust. And yes, the Sharks have not been able to win it as of yet. Just because they haven't won it yet doesn't mean that that's not the unsaid level of expectation. And now that they've won these first two games of the year, that they're starting to calm down, that things are getting more settled, that Patrick Marlowe's back, you know, wearing the teal, you start being able to move forward and you're going to get more reinforcement out there. You're going to get better. And at this point, you know, DeBoer was right. You know, he said he talked about his first year he said, yeah, they were scuffling along until Christmas and then they started picking it up and then they are suddenly in the Stanley Cup final. And then last year, it took a while to get going and then once it did get going for a while there, they were the best team in hockey and even though they were dealing with injuries at the end of the year, it was still a situation in which uh, that, you know, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had won it all last year. You know, they were derailed by some of those injuries that and just overall fatigue and that's how it goes in professional sports. But that this this is no different. I, I expect this team to start rolling, to start settling down, to start getting into a groove. You have a lot of talent on the ice. You have a lot of guys individually who have phenomenal abilities. Pete DeBoer's job, as much as it is to implement his system, as much as it is to coach up the younger guys, as much as it is to win the chess battle with the opposition, it's to make all these high-level talents gel with each other. And if Pete DeBoer is able to do that, the Sharks are going to have, once again, a very, very successful season. And in his time with the Sharks, Pete DeBoer has done that brilliantly. He's done that brilliantly. And again, it's going to take time. We're six games into the season. And now we get to see what's in store for the next 76 games. 
And I have to admit, the fact that Patty's back, it makes it that much more exciting. It just, it feels right. It feels right. And just what we saw from him. I mean, let's go to the just unbelievably emotional moment we had to start off with the, the crowd acknowledging him on the bench. Patrick Marlowe being acknowledged on the big screen here at SAP Center. And this crowd is just loving seeing number 12 there. Has to be an emotional night for Patrick to be back in this building where he played all but two seasons of his remarkable 22-year NHL career. Yeah, just sitting out at the start of the season there and not going to any team for training camp. Yeah, that was the scene of the tank Sunday night. So let's get into a couple of those highlights, courtesy our friend Dan Rusinowski on the call. Let's start out with, uh, how about a big save from Jones? 30 seconds to go on the power play as Couture back to Burns, trying to slap it to the net, and Burns is going to take a penalty here, but it's going to be a breakaway, shorthanded for Backlund. Moves in and shoots, save, Martin Jones, and the Sharks will touch up, and the penalty is coming up for tripping on Brent Burns, but wow, what a stop by Martin Jones. You also had a big goal from Kevin LeBanc to make it a 2-0 early advantage for Team Teal. And for Calgary, he flips it across the ice, and all the way to the red line where... Elias Lindholm poked it all the way down. A little confrontation there with Timo Meyer as the two get back toward their bench. Here comes LeBanc getting a feed from Hurdle. Shoot, score! Wow, an explosion of the Sharks' offense as Kevin LeBanc getting a little bit of a tip pass on the quick breakout feed from Eric Carlson. Hurdle, a brilliant pass to LeBanc, and LeBanc's give and go results in a 2-0 Sharks lead. And an awesome play from Logan Couture, the steal and the assist to set up Tommy Hurdle for his first goal of the year. Made it look easy as now Couture steals from Kachuk. Moves down the ice, two on one with Hurdle. He's across the line, Couture to Hurdle. Shoot, score! Short-handed goal for Tomas Hurdle, and he's mobbed by all of his teammates. He's off the schneid with his first goal of the year, and the Sharks lead it 3-1. Those were just some of the big plays on the night when the Sharks recorded their second straight win. Because in sports, unless something drastically changes, talent wins. The Sharks have an abundance of talent, and it's only a matter of time before that consistently outweighs what the opposition has, and that's what we've seen over the last two nights. Yes, we love the fact that Patrick Marlowe's back, but listen, Logan Couture made huge plays. Timo Meyer. Huge plays. Kevin LeBanc, huge plays. Jumbo, assists. Patty, assists. I mean, you just, this doesn't happen by accident. Wins are not just random. The Sharks have the ability to win games. I think the slow start is a slow start. And again, like all things in life, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And when I go off the history of the last 20 years of this franchise, I've got a pretty good feeling this team is going to be making a relatively deep run into the postseason. Now, I you know I have to temper expectations because it's very, very hard to get deep into the postseason, but this is what they have consistently done, and that's just what we have come to expect because that's what they have, again, been able to do. And right now, they're starting to, quote-unquote, right the ship, and I even feel like that's being hyperbolic because it's six games into the season. Uh, what overall we are going to learn from this point 
until we are at the end of, let's just even go to the end of February, not even before the start of the, the playoffs. Let's just go to the end of February. At that point, we will have learned a lot about this team, and I think that when it's hitting on all cylinders, and where I hope it starts to be hitting on all cylinders by that point, I don't know, that doesn't mean they won't be winning before that point, but I think when they start really hitting high gear, I think by that point we'll know a lot more about this team and we'll probably be laughing about the slow start. But now it's time to go out to the phone lines. We now have joining us on Morning Tide, it is Mr. Shark, Patrick Marlowe. Welcome back, Patrick. I, I'm i amazed, man. I, you know, I'm so excited to see you back um, wearing the teal sweater again and seeing you out there at SAP Center. Um, I'm just, you know, we, we all watched you tonight as the, the fans just erupted for you when they saw you on the bench again. If you could just take us through that moment as a starting point, because, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure you always knew what you meant to this franchise and to the Bay Area, but, I mean, maybe if you didn't, maybe tonight fully brought it home just to what, what you mean. Yeah, that was, uh, it was crazy tonight. Uh, the fans were um, so supportive and so welcoming. Um, it was a very humbling experience, that's for sure, to have the, the Shark Tank erupt like it, it did and uh, see all the signs and all the, you know, all the cheers that they, they gave me tonight. Uh, it was, uh, it was uh, very humbling. Yeah, and it's just really cool, man, to see everybody respond to you like that. And, uh, again, it's just it's really cool to see that emotion come out. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, ask you your viewpoint now that you've been through this in, in sports. We've seen it, you know, in other situations in the Bay Area, you know, to go – to, you know, before our time, go back to Willie Mays. He didn't finish his career with the Giants. Joe Montana didn't finish his career with the 49ers. He went to the Chiefs. Um, you got to watch now Joe Pavelski go through a very similar situation to you um, where, you know, the business end won out and he ended up going to Dallas. I'm just curious, as you, you played along Joe for so long, having been through that similar situation yourself, did you, what was your reaction to that? Or did you talk to him at all about it as he, as he was going through the process? Uh, yeah, everybody's uh, process is a little bit different. I think uh, it can get crazy um, going through free agency and, um, you know, being in one spot and having, uh, you know, Doug has a, has a goal for building a team and, um, you know, he ha- he has you know all his his people talking to him as well. So and then and Joe's got his people talking to him, and um, it's uh, you know the, those decisions are are never easy to, to come by. You never know how they're gonna work out. But uh, that's like you said, that's that's part of the business. Did Did you ever think that you would be back with San Jose? I really didn't know. Um, I think once I made the decision to. Uh, waive my no trade and um, and get and get bought out. That uh, that's where I wanted to to be and to end up. And um, you know, it was uh, there was some rocky moments there between uh, making that decision and then ultimately uh, resigning with San Jose. And, um, but I'm uh, obviously happy where where it ended up and being back in in Teal and being back uh, home here and, and playing in front of this great fan base that we have. And you, you clearly look like the fact that even though you didn't have a traditional training camp with a team, um, you, you look like you're in shape. I, I don't know, maybe your legs are a little bit uh, more sore than they otherwise would have been, but I know that you've talked about the fact that you were working with Scotty Hannon 
Um, and, you know, I saw you out there at the, at the training facility right before the start of camp, and I, I thought you were moving remarkably well. You're still ridiculously fast on the ice. Um, I, I mean, is this – is, is this your hard work? Is this your genetic structure, man? I mean, I just, I marvel at the fact that you're still so good. And I, I don't, you know, I don't mean to say anything, but you're, you're 40. I mean, mo- a lot, most 40-year-olds, like, you and Jumbo seem to be the grand exception when we look at, at most uh, professional athletes. Uh, well, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I'm very thankful for, uh, you know, Scotty Hannon, uh, Danny Boyle, uh, Devin Sataguchi, the they all came out. Uh, you know, Rob Zettler was out. They were trying to get ready for before they had that uh, the game against the, the U.S. women's hockey team there. So they uh, they came out a few times and, and helped me out. And it's a lot easier to skate when there's somebody else out there with you. That's for sure. And uh, you know, they you know, there was a few times there where it was getting tough skating by myself. But uh, those guys took time out of their day to come help me, and I was I'm very grateful that that they did that. And those are some really good uh, good friends and. And people, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna forget that uh, they helped me out. And obviously, your timing um, appears to pick up, you know, right at the NHL, you know, game ready level. You come in and you're, you're scoring goals and you're, you're picking up assists. Um, what was, I mean, is it just so, you know, not commonplace? But I mean, this is obviously what you've been doing for, you know, 22 years. Did you just get back into the game the other night and it just felt right as rain? Because that's that's how it looked. Uh, well, it looked better than what it felt then, that's for sure. <laughs> it was, um, you know, it obviously helps playing with, uh, you know, you know, some really good players with Cooch and, and Timo, and our defense is pretty outstanding. So, um, you know, they obviously carried the, probably the majority of the workload, and I was a beneficiary of being being on their line and, and all their great play. I'm curious, and again, we're talking to Patrick Marlowe here on Morning Tide. Um, what – What's it like seeing the development of Kevin LeBanc and Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle, who guys, you know, you got to play with Hurdle a little bit longer than with Timo and LeBanc, but, you know, these three guys are stepping it up in their NHL careers and they're becoming serious players. Um, did you see that potential in all three of those guys? I guess particularly the one I, I would point out is Timo Meyer because it just seems like his ceiling is so high and, you know, he is the guy that is – constantly referred to as the as the modern power forward very much in the sense that you were referred to as you know for the majority of your career yeah these guys uh you know when they first when i first was on the ice with them you could see that they had the skill and and uh, the work ethic and, and all that so it was just a matter i think for them getting comfortable and, and uh, feeling things out getting used to a system and then now you can see how they're they're thriving and they're doing so well so it's it's great to see and it's great to be on the on the same team as him, and uh, you know Tommy Hurdle, he's you know he had a rough go there the first few years, you know uh, a few injuries, but he's battled through all that, and you know he's you can see what he he can uh, change a game out there just by himself. Yeah, and also I guess the uh, you'd played against Eric Carlson before countless times, but you know what's it like being on this the same side as him because he you know has such the game changing ability um, as a defenseman. Yeah, no, it's definitely the nice to have him on the wearing the same colors. That's for sure. Uh, like you said, he can he can change the game uh, with his passing, with his you know with his hockey hockey sense out there. He knows when to jump into plays. He, he can play well, uh, really well defensively, and and move that puck so good and skate so well. So it's uh, he uh, you know he makes everybody else around him better. So it's great to have him on the same side. Yeah, it's really interesting, man. For from my point of view, just to watch him as a transporter of the puck when he's 
moving up the ice. It just seems like you can see the opposition. Everybody gets back on their heels a little bit, and it's it's just it's it's a unique look to him. There's just something when I watch him bring the puck up. It's 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 unique only to Eric Carlson. Yeah, he he has that uh, that knack where he can weave in and out of guys, but also draw like maybe two or three to him and then find that open guy. So he uh, you know he's he's a player that's for sure, and he, he makes everybody else uh, you know better around him. He he knows how to play the game. He's got the the quick feet and can uh, elu- uh, be be elusive out there and get around guys. Does it still feel like the same dressing room? Does it feel like that much has changed with with the team? I mean, obviously. The departure of Joe Pavelski is is going to be a big hit because you know he was a, such a big presence for the team. But does does it feel like like a homecoming, or is it is it different than than how it was with some of the new faces? And I guess the way that some of the guys are, you know, for lack of a better term, they are simply older than when you were last year. Uh, yeah, yes and no. I think there's uh, there's uh, you know a little bit of uh, similarity, but there's also some new new faces, like you said. So it's it's going to take a little while to to get used to you know everybody and but there's also a lot of a lot of faces that I'm familiar with so that that's very comforting at the same point so uh, it's it's been great uh, coming back and and getting the getting with the, the people I know and getting to know the new guys yeah and uh, you know did you talk to uh, Logan at all about the fact that he's you know he's got the C on his sweater now yeah I, I texted him right when the, they announced that he's obviously you can see. He's uh, one of the top players in the league. I think he doesn't get enough credit for that, but he does all the little things well. Um, you see him out there tonight blocking shots, uh, making plays on goals, and making setting people up. I think uh, you know he's he's definitely one of those guys, and those are the type of people you want wearing that that seed. You know, guys that are will do all those little things and make everybody else you know pull the pull along on that rope to to get the wins. And again, we've got Patrick Marlowe here on Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. And I guess just as a last one for you, since people are so, you know, we always want to point out that you and Joe went 1-2 in the draft back in 1997. And you guys, um, you know, I talked, you know, you're, you're obviously you guys work your butts off and you're genetically blessed. But, I mean, is, is there a different love for the game for the two of you, the fact that the two of you are still such effective players that you – you know, you're, you're, you're guys, you're the two 40 year olds out there on the team and you're still making an impact on the ice every night and you're climbing these all time lists. I mean, it seems like there is just a little bit something different about the two of you and the fact that, you know, so much of your careers have been intertwined and you're, you're back together again doing this. I mean, is there a different kind type of respect when you, when you get alongside Joe or is it, do you not even think about things like that? No, I, I think, uh, you know, personally, when Joe came here, uh, he helped my team out so much more. I think um, just the way he approached the game, um, you know, he's he's all, always about getting better no matter what. He's, he's always working at uh, at his game. Uh, whatever he can do to, to try and get better, he's doing it. And, and that hasn't changed at all from the first time I met him till, till now. And you can't help but watch him and and want to be better just because he's he's still going after it and you know he's such a great player and obviously one of the best players of all time one of the best passers of all time it's uh 
just to be around him. He makes everybody around him better. I think that's that's probably the, one of the biggest compliments. And he's just he's a great human being to uh, you know in the locker room, away from the rink, uh, all that stuff. So everything you hear about him, he's he's the real deal. Yeah, man, it's pretty awesome. And again, Patrick, I will let you go, man, because I know it's been a very busy couple of days for you, a very busy week. But obviously, everybody is uh, just ecstatic to see you back in San Jose and with the Sharks. And uh, also, your uh, you know return to the team has also um, coincided with the team getting some wins as well. So people love that. But it's great seeing you back, man. I think it's fantastic. Couldn't be happier for you and your family. And I'm looking forward to uh, to everything else from here on out. All right, man. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Marlowe, who is back with the San Jose Sharks. That is just the coolest thing in the world to me. I, I really never thought we'd see it again. And just to go back to this, I was a freshman in high school when he started playing for the Sharks. I mean, I remember thinking this dude is not that much older than me. There was so much hype about him. It just, it blows me away that we're at this point, you know, 22 years later, he's back for his 20th season. I just, uh, I don't know. It's amazing. I, it was something that I never expected to happen. I didn't think, especially after they said they weren't going to bring him back this summer, that, that it was ever going to happen. And I figured he'd find somewhere else because he's just a talent and someone else would say, okay, we can make use of him. We can find a way to use him. And it just worked out this way. I mean, that's what sports brings you sometimes. And he's still as cool a guy as ever and still just takes in the moment. But yeah, I mean, that was pretty awesome to watch him responding to the fans, responding to him. You know, it's like I, I brought up to him. I just, you know, if he didn't get it before and maybe only going away from it can really make you understand what it means. I'm sure he gets it now. I mean, that is about as much emotion as we're ever going to get from him. You know, just him looking choked up, verklempt, you know, doing the the eye itch when you're trying to make yourself not cry in public. Seeing that out of Patty is just, it was incredible. It's one of those things that you don't get that window into athlete souls sometimes. And maybe many athletes, they don't garner that appreciation until their game has already left them. But for Patrick Marlowe, who's been around for this long and is still a capable contributor in the NHL, he's able to experience it still as a player. And, you know, people can get cynical and call it a love fest or whatever they want to do, but who cares? This is sports. This is emotion. This is what we get wrapped up in. It's not just about numbers on a board. It's not just laundry there are characters and there are entities and there are villains and there are heroes and it's just all part of the overall makeup, the framework of sports. And Patrick Marlowe means something to you like he means something to me, like he means something to the Sharks fan sitting next to you or at the game or at the bar or wherever it is. He is a huge part of the history of the franchise and seeing him back playing for the Sharks, that's, that's just cool. It's just awesome. I don't really know how many other ways I can get into it, but it's a treat. It was unexpected, but I am uh, I'm looking forward to everything we have from here. And I don't just mean that in the sense of just going for the cup or bust mentality. It's just the idea of you get a little bit of a treat here that you didn't know you were ever going to get to see again. And there's more opportunities for Patty Marlowe to score the game winner or to have a huge assist, or to make a huge play, or whatever it's going to be. 
you now have more of this story to write about him and his time with the Sharks and uh, the fact that also he's out there with Jumbo again and they've got Logan Couture and they've got Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Evander Kane, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic. I mean, you go down the list, this team has an incredible amount of talent. This team has an incredible amount of potential once again, and we are just getting started. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. A big thanks for Patrick Marlowe for taking some time out of his busy schedule after the game on a Sunday night to talk with me for a little bit. That's Nobody wants to do that on a Sunday night. Ted, what are you calling me for? Go away. But he did make some time, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, and, of course, uh, to you, the fan base, for tuning in and the Sharks for making this a reality. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.